This is Saving Grace, Living in Light of God's Love, a podcast ministry brought to you by Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world committed to the truth of Scripture and life application through the lens of grace. Welcome to the Saving Grace podcast. My name is Simon Eastwood. We have the unique treat today to share an interview with Tero Fredriksson, who is a Grace student and a pastor in the country of Finland. This was a very interesting conversation that we are excited to share with you. We are up in Arlington, away from our home base at the Free Grace Alliance. Well, my guest today is Tero. Welcome. Great to be with you, Simon. So start up by telling our audience, just tell us where you're from and a little bit about yourself. My name is Tero Fredriksson. I'm pastoring church in a very small city in Finland, Vasa. It's in, located in Ostropotnia province, where about 70,000 people. It's a university town. Our church, we are outreaching basically students, so it's very young, young church, international church. I am 50 years old. I became a believer when I was 14. I was trained by navigators. And I am part of the Greater Grace affiliation, which is an affiliation of 600 dispensational churches in 70 different countries. So, Tero, tell me a little bit about how you perceive Europe as a whole from a, an evangelistic standpoint. Uh, you know, because you know Europe has sent uh, missionaries to to the rest of the world, and now it strikes me that maybe the rest of the world needs to be sending missionaries back in. What are your thoughts? Exactly, it's like that. Europe is dying in a way that Europe is built up to the two things. It's There's a Greco-Roman culture, but Christianity is another leg. And that's almost like God. Christianity is relatively strong in Finland. Maybe 3% of young people are still believers, but there are places that it's less than 1%, 1.2. That's basically the figure. And, and I am visiting in different places in Europe. I'm regularly visiting in Sweden and Poland. And especially for those countries, they are much more secular. So Mm -hmm. we really need help. We don't send much missionaries out. We have some, but basically the Europe has become a toughest mission field. And I, I learned lately that Christianity is stable or growing in other continents, but in Europe it's still in the in the strong decline. So it definitely needs some prayer and probably some action from different people so that they're able to come and uh, be a part of what God uh, wants to do in Europe. Yeah, we, ne- we need to talk to God, but talk is not enough. We right. need actions and lots of actions. We need we need to do the same thing what Paul did when, when, when he, wa- he was asked to be in, in, in Europe, Macedonian men asked, come over and help us. And Paul went to Europe and he planted churches with his team, his missions team to Europe. And that was start of the everything. But pretty much in many provinces, many, many countries were in the same situation. There is no churches. There can be big cities, 100,000 cities, 200,000 cities. And there is not evangelical church in the, in the city. So, so, so this really... Really, we need to start everything all over again. So you, so you're here this week uh, to get to know other believers that also are grace oriented, uh, 
and uh, and to learn uh, some from some of these uh, teachers that uh, are here this week. Absolutely, yes, and I'm really looking forward to learn from them and, and also net, network with others. Okay. it's, it's uh, it, I always find this conference to be fascinating because we get to hear from so many speakers, uh, from churches, uh, uh, pastors that are from uh, all across the United States and sometimes uh, outside the United States also, and we get such great, great perspectives. And one of the things I think would be really helpful for our listening audience would be to get an understanding from you of what's, what is it like to live in Finland, to be a believer, and then beyond just being a believer, to be somebody that's grace-oriented. What, what does that look like in, in Finland? I think it's quite tough place to be a believer. I think that if you think about population that are 40 years or older, maybe 10% are believers. But people who are under 40... It's only three percent. Christianity is not popular. Evangelism is tough. You need to have good arguments. But also, what it means to be a grace-oriented believer or claiming free grace position—it used to be tough, much tougher before when Christianity was more popular. Then, then we got opposition from other circles. Some of those circles they define us maybe even as a cult. But now there is so high pressure on Christianity, especially towards conservative, evangelical Christianity. And I think that we as a Christians, we're not concentrating so much on secondary doctrine. So we, we are more like concentrating on things that we agree. So you said in, 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 in age group, was it 20 and under? It's 3%? No, it's 40 and under. Uh, 40 and under. It's yes. 3% are, yeah. are actually believers. Yeah, it's it's so small percentage. So what's what's the challenge in sharing with that group? How do you how do you approach uh, somebody that's in that in that age uh, age group? So basically what I am doing, I'm making campus visitations. I'm entering the university campus. We have church members there and we are gathering together there and they are bringing friends together and we have a kind of rap session or we're exchanging thoughts, and usually there are, there can be even as many as 10 people gather around me, and they are making questions, and then we talk about, uh, I, I can share maybe two, three arguments for the existence of God, and they have counter-arguments, and we're talking like that. So actually, there is a possibility to create meaningful discussion, mm-hmm. but then you need to have people in that place who are involved to bring their friends there, and maybe invite even the people they don't know, but 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 we need people in those institutions, and thank God that we we have those people. So, how how big a church are are, are you a part of, or you lead? It's one hundred twenty twenty okay. persons. So you're one hundred and twenty people, and you are ministering into uh, schools that are what size? What size universities? Uh, they can be a Vasa University. They have five thousand students. Okay. Opo Academy. Maybe they have. 2,000 students, and then we have a small business university with 500 students. And then we have colleges, they have thousands of students. So I think our target group is 20,000 students. Okay. And some of those universities are international universities, so we outreach also international people. What a challenge. I mean, it must be a, a phenomenal challenge. But you, but you have the freedom to go into into these universities, and basically, if I can put it in terminology, I think our our listeners will understand to sort of put your your soapbox down, stand on it, and 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 declare the word of God. You, you're 
the schools are okay with that? They are okay, but you cannot do it in provocative way. Okay. But when, when the setting is like that, that you're a little bit like a part of the community, then it's it's possibility to do. Maybe they are considering me as a little bit like a, let's say, campus chaplain. Okay. So so it's 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 not promoted by the school, but it's allowed by the schools. Okay. And tell us a little bit about the 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 um, who 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 runs the schools. I mean, in the U.S. here, we always think you know we think predominantly of uh, there are private schools and there are public schools and there are Christian schools and there's just a variety of different schools. All seem to have a little bit different rules as to how you could engage with the student population. What's that like in Finland? You know, Finland is a little bit like, uh, let's say, governmentally controlled country. And all higher education is owned, owned by, by public sector. Universities are owned by government or, or the state of Finland. And, and colleges are owned by municipalities and private schools too. Uh, I, I mean, like, like high schools and secondary schools that okay. are owned, 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 owned by by municipalities. So you're allowed to have a private school, but maybe only in the level of high school or non-degree granting institution, liberal art institution or vocational institute, but but not higher, higher, like university level or college level. It's always owned by government or municipalities. But if I understand it correctly, Tero, your, your church is is also teaching Bible. I mean, you have a, a, a university, is that right? Or a, a, a college? Um, uh, not necessarily that much, but we have Bible school. So, Bible school, okay. Yeah, and we have tried to do it in, 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 and being consistent with, let's say, with some American institutions. So we have same requirements, same course books, same amount of lessons. So, so we try to do it like let's say like tracks accredited institutions in the United States, but but we cannot be recognized by by Finnish government because there's not such a possibility. So it's it's independent from from, from the governmental system. But you have the freedom to 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 teach the word of God. We have freedom to do it. There is freedom of speech, freedom of religion. So that's okay in Finland. Okay, well, that's awesome. So, tell me a little bit about the the religious atmosphere, if you will. What 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 are the what have historically been the predominant um, theological uh, sort of setting for for Finland uh, over the past few years? Um, if we are getting a little bit time before that, Finland has a state church. It's Lutheran church, okay. and it has been that way like like 500 years almost. So so since Reformation started, Finland was one of the first places in the world that Reformation was planted. So so the first reformer in Finland was Michael Agricola, and he was a student of Martin Luther, mm-hmm. and he started Reformation in Finland. And, and since then, the Lutheran Church has been, uh, been state church, and, and still 75 four percent of the population belong to that and it's very liberal church in these days but it has also conservative wing so predominantly lutheran uh, going back you said just to right after the reformation how how long ago has it been since sort of the evangelical church has been a, a part of the scene i think 
evangelical movement entered to Finland maybe in 1930s in the form of Pentecostalism. Okay. And then we had free church movement, which is Armenian church. It used to be a different than Pentecostal church. It was non-charismatic, but in these days they are like post-charismatics or charismatic movement. So, so little by little different things came to Finland. And our, our, our affiliation, Greater Grace World Outreach, entered to Finland in 1975, Navigators 1970, Campus Crusade 1960, and, and independent Bible churches have been established lately. So you have this new influx of, of uh, sort of grace-oriented religion or, or sort of grace-oriented faith, if you will. Yes, we have, but it's very small. You know, we are just eight church affiliation in Finland. Okay. And beyond us, it's not many independent Bible churches that are teaching free grace position. They are either new Calvinists or charismatic churches or Armenian churches. So how do you not get uh, discouraged? I mean, you, you, it sounds like it is, this is an uphill struggle uh, from a governmental standpoint, from a, a university, from a secular standpoint. Um, how do you how do you not get discouraged, Tero? You know, we have a pioneering mentality. Okay. And and we're not depending on what people think about us. We would be discouraged if we think about what if majority is right, but majority is wrong. And and so and we have same mentality what Apostle Paul and Peter and apostles had. They started everything from zero. They went to the Roman Empire, different places, and they started small house churches around Mediterranean area. So we're just following the principles of Acts. We're following the same model. We have small churches and small Bible studies, and, 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 and Bible studies are maybe 20, 30 people. We cannot gather in homes. We rent a place, and it goes that way. We're doing the same thing. So we have very good model in Acts. Well, we we do, and and I tell you, it's just encouraging to me to sit and talk with you and and understand more about what's going on in Finland. Uh, if you're just joining us in this podcast, uh, we have the privilege of uh, visiting today with a brother from Finland, and uh, he's telling us more about uh, Finland and what's going on in, in, in with religious freedoms and what's going on. Uh, from his standpoint, as he sort of plants seeds uh, where he lives and uh, really t- with the goal of impacting uh, Finland. Um, so it's, you know, it's great, it's great to get caught up and, and just understand more about what's going on. Now, we also have, it's, it's really neat to me to be able to talk to you, because you are a student of Grace School of Theology. Yeah, I am a student there. I'm taking in, in this semester Hebrew class. Well, God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really blessing, you know. It's introduction yeah. to Hebrew exegesis. And, that's, and that's a tough class. It's tough class. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you are able to do expository messages from Old Testament narratives and wisdom richards. Right, and that and that's awesome. But you, this past summer, you you uh, you got a degree from the school. Yeah, I earned Master of Divinity degree after two years and a half hard work. <laughs> I believe I believe it was, and uh, that's that's exciting. So, congratulations for for having achieved that. Thank you, um, thank you. Tell us a little bit. How did you find? How did you find out about Grace School of Theology? You know, one young guy in our church was in in a con, in contact to Charlie Bing, and he's one of you know 
you know, top guys in the free Christ movement. Right. And, and we invited him to visit and speak in our national conference. And I told the young guy that he will never come, but he came. Mm. And that was the start of everything. That was 2012. And he okay. invited me to FGA conference, and I attended there, and I met Grace School of Theology. I, 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 I had some materials, and then I came again 2013, and I met Al Letting and Dr. Anderson, and, and, and definitely, you know, Al Letting was the kind of person that brought me in. He, he convicted me that, okay, you can come here, and we can train you, and, and, and he gave me that opportunity and was very encouraging. And I, I made application and I was admitted. And I'm, I, I was so happy that I was admitted to the school. So, you, so you've been able to get that degree totally online? Yeah. And that's wonderful thing. You don't need to relocate yourself. You can keep yourself in the ministry. You can support yourself financially. That way it's not going to be economical disaster. To You don't need to move anywhere. So I, I took all my classes through through video system and sometimes we were able to attend even real time to classroom sessions and, and have interaction with other students and professor. But that must have been interesting because uh, you're you're in Finland and then you were interacting with other people around the world or in the US or Yeah, that's that's wonderful. Yeah. And I really appreciate uh, you know flexibility of the school. Sometimes some classes were scheduled that that those time zones we were able to overcome. So, so professor scheduled the session maybe twelve o'clock in the in the in the noon, and, and it was eight o'clock in the, in the evening in our our place. And so we had that real time classes in Finland. Hmm. So that's that's uh, as so it's so neat to hear from from you know sitting across the table from you, being able to understand that you were able to do what you know Dr. Anderson set out as the vision of the school when he first started, which was that ability for somebody to study where they were, not interrupt their life, like you said, stay in ministry, um, you know, not have to pack up the family and, and move to another country. Uh, all those things are, were sort of the dream when it started. So it's really neat to understand from you that uh, that, that was possible for you. Yeah, and you know, I think... Grace School of Theology is like a top-notch school. I, absolutely, yes. Grace School is really using, you know, advantages of this digitalization. So it's it's not like building up expensive campuses and trying to bring people in, but they are bringing professors where people are. It's really awesome system, and I think we have a very good future with our school. So, so tell me what you see as the future. What, what if you had a, if you were going to paint a picture of what that looks like in five or ten years? What would that look like? I think, if if I can make a choice, I would be so happy to see that Grace School of Theology has many locations. I think that there is a point to have these internet sessions, but to have professors visiting and seeing students face to face, I think that's like a crucial thing. And probably if we can have those those teaching sites in every continent, maybe two in Europe, maybe maybe three in Africa, three in Latin America. It's a really possibility to have thousands of students. I can see really the point because we don't carry the old history, old tradition, old structures, but there's a new school. And I think 
together we can really make that happen. Because there are so many people like me who are just having that hung, hunger to study theology and biblical languages and yeah. and the faculty is excellent. Why why not to do it? Yeah, so so the 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 hunger that's there, um you you yourselves are 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 doing some some sort of biblical teaching, right? You said. Yeah. And now and now you're able to come take these courses from Grace School of Theology. And what I'm sort of seeing or hearing is you're now able to take that level of theological education that you have and sort of just take that to 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 a, a broader audience. Yeah, that's what we can do it. But of course we need to remember one thing. I am teaching in let's say in associate of biblical studies level. First two years of the Bible school or Bible college. But then if I am able to do that because I have spent two years and a half with Christ School of Theology. So you need to be in a higher level in order to teach people in the lower level. And I can see that that's another opportunity also for Christ School of Theology to train Bible teachers, Bible college teachers, Bible school teachers elsewhere so they can they can have these own settings and, and in, in there that are culturally relevant. How important to you when you were looking for a school was that, was it that you found a school that was accredited? Did that matter to you? It matter a little bit because at some point we need to be in the connection with Finnish government and then we can have some kind of papers that we can prove that we are real thing and we're not cult leaders. That's a, definitely the possibility that those type of questions can be raised up. Okay, let me make sure I heard that. You said that the, the Finnish government thought you were a cult? Not necessary, but oh. but then there might be the press and there might be media and they are very liberal, very they are far left, I can say. Okay. And materialistic. They don't like Christianity. And if you're making the fault, if they they can find a kind kind of thing that they can take hold on, they will do it. And and, and I think that it's a it's a very important thing that Grace School of Theology is recognized by the organization that is part of the official education system. We can say that this is like a real institution and it's producing people that are academically qualified in states. So then it's a different thing than let's say that you're coming from unaccredited institution. Then liberal far left press can really 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 really, really bite hard. Okay. And I understood uh, that your wife is also taking classes. Is that right? Yeah, she's taking Hebrew classes with me, and she's part of part of the Master of Ministry program. And that awesome. Yeah, that's awesome to study together and really, really doing it together. What does she plan on doing with with uh, getting that education? How's she going to use it? Well, we have that small Bible school in our own own city, and hopefully, it's not small in 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 the longer run. And what we have found that biblical languages are very important. And, and and her plan is to teach biblical Hebrew in our Bible school. Well, that's awesome. So the challenge that you have is to take the gospel to to the, the city, the town, the universities where you are. Yeah. And you are doing that with a, a group of people that you said about 100 to 120. 
yeah, of course, not everybody is involved in the in right. the in the gospel preaching ministry, but some of them are okay. are, are so, committed to that. So you have a smaller group from the hundred and twenty that are sort of active, and they consider the university to be their their mission field. Yeah, I think they are like something like twenty people, fifteen people, and 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 maybe only five, six, seven that are extremely active. But but I think that's the group of twenty people what we are doing basically. Okay, so. If if uh, if I'm listening to this podcast and I want to get involved in 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 your ministry from a standpoint at least of prayer, what what sort of prayer requests do you have that you'd love people to pray and join you in prayer? You can pray for our evangelism. We are in a very tough atmosphere. Christianity is in decline. There is a liberal press against us, so so we can be covered by God's grace. Somehow, so we need supernatural leading, and then we need a lots of wisdom. Because I really think like we need to be fresh, we need to be creative, and and so we can't just you know complain that we are living in the bad position. But we need to find creative ways to the hearts of the people, and 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 you can pray for that we have that wisdom, but also that we can live spiritual life. Because I believe in the doctrine that. The Holy Spirit convicts the world through the church because mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit was not given to the world but to us. Yes. So, so that we can be healthy church, we can be healthy Christians, that, and 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 we are passionate to be spiritful when we are going to evangelize people, and then the Holy Spirit can convict them through us. All that. That's something that we certainly will remember. We will remember that in prayer as we as we lift you up, and I'm sure many of our listeners will join you in that. Are there any other sort of needs that you have as a as a as a group? Of course, we're a small group, right? And the body life is so great. the The body of Christ it, there there's all the nations, all the tribes, all the languages. So maybe we can get visitors. And what I have seen lately is that God uses you know, missionaries in a very special way. Maybe God, maybe you can pray for that. God calls someone to be with us and maybe become a youth pastor and start doing something with our teenagers. Mm. Especially because we're a small church and sometimes I, I have come to conclusion that it's not maybe best possible situation that one of their fathers or father's friend is a youth pastor. But, but someone who is maybe a little bit younger guy Maybe you can pray for that. That would be great that God sends youth pastor to us. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the the language is... What, what, tell me a little bit about the language in, that are spoken in Finland. Okay. We are bilingual nations. Finnish and Swedish, we're living in areas that both languages are used. But that's a great opportunity that that our kids, they start when they're very young to study in English when they are eight years old or nine years old. So basically all teenagers, they are able to understand and speak English. So the youth pastor can deliver his messages and counsel his people by by, by using English. Wow, so that wouldn't be a limitation if somebody's listening to this podcast and they're like, I want to come serve. They could They could do that even if English was their only language. Yeah. And maybe we, we can have Bible school teachers or short-term mission trips, and 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 there's people who understand English, and 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 the gospel message can be shared to many with 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 their own language. That would be uh, 
I'll be interesting. I'll, I'll be look forward to sort of staying in touch with you to find out what happens there. So tell me from a from a theological standpoint, when you meet with other pastors, is are there natural opportunities where you get to do that? And do you ever have sort of theological debates about about whether grace is the is the right approach or the or, or, or Arminianism or or Calvinism? Do you, do you ever get that opportunity to sit down and really discuss? That with other folks? Sometimes it happens. We have every second Wednesday pastors meeting in with local pastors, and we are from different churches. But usually we are not concentrating on Bible doctrine. We're just trying to fight good fight together. We have different lots in our city. Mm-hmm. We are outreach in different people groups. We are doing a lot with students and 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 something with immigrants and some others are doing with two but 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 so there's not really like like a doctrinal discussions much but but sometimes i have those because some of them they have become personal friends and sometimes okay. if you have a cup of coffee lunch or i'm visiting their office or they're visiting my office and 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 maybe in those situations we're able to able to serve our doctrinal positions Okay. Usually in an edifying way. Right. Usually. <laughs> <laughs> People can get pretty, uh, pretty, uh, I guess, uh, intense about it sometimes. But let's think about that grace theology should be something that it, it produces grace people. Right. So my point of view is not to debate with my Armenian and Pentecostal and Lutheran brothers. I think I just try to edify them and find the common ground. And that might may open some doors to meaningful discussions. And maybe not all are from dispensational viewpoint, like especially Lutherans, but many of them, they really love grace. And they are, they are not necessarily buying the whole theological system what I'm having, but they love grace, that we are saved by grace through, through faith, right. based on the work of Christ. And we agree with those things. And so, so we don't speak about rapture and stuff like that or baptism but but i have found some some fellow pastors that we're able to share the same gospel that, yeah. that that's we have same view because because at the end of the day we have a a sick and dying world a world that desperately needs christ whether it's here in the u.s or it's in finland or other parts of europe around the world i mean everybody needs to hear about jesus christ amen everybody needs to hear about his love and his grace and how it's free, and how uh, the, all people have to do is, is believe, put their trust in Jesus Christ. And then they get a new life, and that new life is in Christ. Um, you know, that's, that to me is always the exciting part of be- being able to share your faith with people. And whether or not they immediately accept it or, or they reject it, 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 to me it's important just that you're having that dialogue, and you are befriending people. Uh, right, that so it sounds like you're doing that on on, on many different levels, and uh, it's it, it's exciting. It's exciting to get to know you, understand a little bit about uh, your background, how God is using you in in Finland. Yeah, and we cannot limit you know gospel to the evangelism only. It's also we we can also disciple people. Right, they are also trained by grace, and if you if you really think about that, what grace message do to Christians? is that they, there is a tremendous inner healing in our, our hearts. And 
and especially if people are com- coming to our, our church from legalistic background, they can have really broken heart. They have doubts that they are believers or they have lost their salvation. They are so much guilt and maybe even hatred because someone, someone has questioned their identity. Maybe, maybe there is a really possibility that they are they're a little bit like alienated from the life, life of God or even much alienated from the life of God. And when you bring them to the church and they receive grace message, they need that they have new identity and it's positional. It's something they cannot lose. And that starts the new process that people don't fear. Right. But they love God. Yeah. And then they want to be close with God. And then there is a real growth. They get to live in the light of his love. Yes. Yeah. Well, we have been visiting today with our good friend, Tero, from from Finland. What a privilege it's been just to spend a few minutes with you to get to know you, to to understand how God is working in your life and in in the the lives of the Finnish people. And uh, you've mentioned a number of prayer requests, and we will remember to bring those before the Lord. And uh, I, I look forward to uh, hearing from you that God has brought an incredible youth leader to you and to see how a new person like that partnered with you and your calling uh, might be used of God in, in a mighty way. So thank you for being with us and uh, sharing your story. Thank you for inviting me to be with you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You might be asking yourself, how you can find out a little bit more about how you might be able to partner with us. To do that, please visit partnerwithgrace.org. There you'll find all kinds of different ways you can partner with us. Whether you're looking to help us buy something specific, you'll find the Grace Registry. If you're looking to make a one-time or an ongoing donation, you'll find a very easy way to do that by going to the partnerwithgrace.org website. Thank you in advance for your prayerful consideration. We love it when you send us your questions and feedback to the podcast, so keep them coming. Please send them to saving-grace at gsot.edu. Thank you for listening to the podcast. And remember, the love of Christ cannot be earned and can never be lost. You have been listening to Saving Grace, a podcast ministry of Grace School of Theology. For more information, visit gsot.edu slash saving-grace. Views expressed on this podcast may not always be the views of Great School of Theology or its leadership.